Welcome, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights, here with Brad Bethune and Rich Klein. We're going to talk about how people keep track of whether they're really making any money when they buy cards, sell cards, how they're doing. The IRS cares about that, but some people care more than others, especially if you want to be sustainable and spending more than you take in. I guess you could just do cash basis. It's interesting to think about what people do on that. Thanks, sponsors. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Hug the Scott Auctions, Upper Deck, Tops, and Panini. Everybody has to do tax returns. This isn't exclusively about that, but I bought a small collection of cards. In some sense, I've lost money. But the IRS didn't think I've lost money necessarily. I paid money for inventory, and I haven't sold it yet. And when I do sell it, I'll have profit on every card that I sell based on the basis. If I bought 100 cards for a dollar, they're going to presume I paid a penny a piece. Do you think people do that? We mentioned ComC, that, that you can keep track of each batch submitted to see what's sold from it. I really haven't taken advantage of that. I think every situation is different. If you're a card store buying lots of collections, I don't think you can keep track of every single collection you buy. We talked about our friend Mike Summer. He bought the store's inventory, has worked through it, and he did very well with it. He didn't know everything that was in the inventory. So you have to assign X amount of value, and then you can say, okay, I got X amount out of that. But if it's individual cards, if you buy a Fleer Jordan graded eight, you have a pretty good idea what you pay. You have a really good idea what you sell it for. So I think it depends on the circumstance. Some people can keep track of every single card. Plus, we talk about technology. You can put your purchases in immediately into spreadsheets. You can probably do that on your well, phone. Again, it's the dilemma of big collection versus small collection. If somebody's got one box of cards, that's different than if they've got a closet full of cards or a room full of cards. I'm old school. I believe collections ought to be big. Have you heard any audit horror stories uh, for I, any uh, LCS or, I know or hobby I, businesses I know where they've been tied in knots by the IRS? I don't know. I know my LCS got audited. I also know he told me Panini got audited. So I know the IRS has definitely been involved in this business. They're sniffing around. So you're saying there's a chance. That's only two out of a million. Yeah. I'm sure there was more. I'm sure there's more too. Especially with how big the hobby got. When you hear about, was it the Wagner card that sold for $7 million recently? Mm -hmm. And the John D. Wagner SGC5 is on the market. My guess is that's going to hit 10, 10 yeah. if not more. The Mantle SGC 9.5, that may hit 10 as well. Because both of those cards, we know the provenance of. And they have interesting stories. When you start dealing with $10 million, I pretty much guarantee the IRS is going to be interested. Well, they may even have you on speed dial. Yes. There's not really a gain there. There's a gain to the auction, whoever sold it. But the buyer is now on record that, of course, if you buy it for $10 million, you sell it for 11 you're only going to make a 10% gain on that. And then you could write off some expenses. But uh, you get in trouble with the IRS if you try to cheat them, if you try to pretend like you have no income. I'm not advising anybody to do this per se, but if you make an honest attempt, I believe, reporting how much money you made, you're not going to go to jail. You could be audited and they could say you owe us more money, which then also could be penalties, but some of that's negotiable. If you made a good faith effort, and I think any auditor is going to figure out this is really tricky to get down to exact numbers of how much you made, especially if there's any trading or bartering going on, that's really tricky. I know a couple of vendors at the Dallas Card Show will only take cash. They want to avoid as much of a paper trail as possible. 
Was it the Philly show? Or what was the show that they went around, the state taxing authority went around and imputed a value before you could check out? Was it Philly? I think it was Philly. They just said you probably sold $20,000, so you owe us $600,000 and either pay. It was ex- borderline extortion, I think. The one time that happened, and this is, I think, in the 80s, is I was doing the baseball hobby news table, and all I had was baseball hobby news. So I said, "Yeah, I did about two hundred dollars, and here's the amount of newspapers I sold at a dollar ninety-five. So would you like a twelve dollars?" And they go, "Never mind." You had bigger fish to fry. They had much bigger fish you know, to fry. That's the statute of limitations now, Rich. But my thought, because I believe that was in the East Coast, nothing against those areas, but my sense was that after that happened, there was such a pushback that the promoter headed off at the pass the next year. There either was a pushback. There was some way that it didn't happen again. I wasn't running shows, but I had sales tax licenses in New York, New Jersey, in Pennsylvania because a lot of promoters required it for that very reason. And you had to show your sales tax license. I actually have a Texas sales tax license. I haven't had any sales this year, so it's hard, but it's a thing where you have a sales tax license and you do the sales tax and you send in money and it's okay. The one thing I got to challenge you on is the ability to track collections that you buy. There's a friend of mine in East Texas. He actually has a software where he assigns every single card that he buys and sells a barcode. Every single card that comes in, every single card that goes out has a barcode. Comcy has, Comc- has a barcode on every card now. But for you a card, somebody's giving him 50 cents to put that barcode on true. it. True. Nobody's giving your buddy or me if I buy. A thousand cards at a show. Am I going to barcode a thousand cards? I'm not. Yes, gonna... his wife will barcode. Okay, his, his wife barcode is... mine. The barcoding has to include the ID, doesn't it? Yeah. It was a proprietary software the gentleman designed a long time ago. When they bought the business, they specifically wanted the software. If they buy a collection, they set it aside. They put a dollar amount on it, and as they process it, each card is assigned a particular. Dollar amount. If it's a hundred cards, you paid a hundred dollars for this. It's our card, and it does anything that they sell over for it. Anything they sell under, that's how they do profit and loss. I've taken that almost to the extreme because my mom is an accountant. My mom is a, a CCM, so she did my taxes. I had to make sure it was that detailed so that it would pass her mustard. So, Brad, if I buy a nineteen seventy two hundred card lot of one to 396 where there's very few superstar hall of famers but it has a thurman munson rookie and i pay a hundred dollars for the lot so we'll call it a dollar each do i assign more than a dollar to the thurman munson card because that's where i'm going to get most of my money out of that lot nope each card is assigned a dollar rich and i have already figured out how to beat that system okay if you do that then what i need to do because my example is going to be 89 upper deck then you could buy a brick of 100 but one of them's a Griffey, and it doesn't have to be in great shape, but it's basically the $100 card in a 99 Commons. But if you call them $1 each, then you can sell them for a penny, and you've lost 99 cents. You could keep the one card that has a basis of $1 and sell the other 99 $1 cards, just like what Rich is saying, for $0.10 cents or something like that. You would really have a tax loss, and that tax loss is legit, except for the fact that your basis... They, they would figure that out. So I don't know if your friend is doing it exactly that way, but if, if I could do that, then all I'd need to do, I could just put high values on the commons and sell them for a loss. Hobby losses, you can be in business and report a loss 
deducting against your other income. If it's a legitimate attempt to make a profit, and they usually say you have to make a profit two out of seven years or something right. like that. Yeah. But you could play some games with that. And again, I wouldn't do it because they would throw me in jail because I'm the price guide guy. They would say, you are not an innocent criminal. You are a mastermind. You're going into the solitary. But almost any system can be beaten except cash basis. At the end of the card show, when I used to have table, I had table fees, I sold cards, I bought cards, and what was in my pockets when I went home? Because again, in those days it was all cash too. I had more money in my pockets because I sold more than I bought. And remember, you're going to the card show, so unless it's a 10-minute drive, where there's either gas or expenses, the government will not let you do both. You either have to do a per mileage or you do right. gas. But you have expenses getting to the card show. You have the hotel room. You've got the snacks. You, you have, have food. Snacks? Oh, well, yes. Snacks you can write off? Yeah, I, I, Think about it. If you did a per diem, like you could call breakfast, chips. lunch, dinner. Was I getting crushed when we did the per diem? Back in the day, because you, you were yes, getting, you were getting crushed. Well, you were getting crushed for a simple reason. <laughs> System could be beaten by certain people that had relatives in New Jersey. Wait, wait a second, Jim. I once turned in a show report that had seven dollars of food expenses because that's all I spent because my dad covered it. That's actually not fair to you then. And then the only guy me, playing it straight. Dan then. went to me says, "No, you're putting per diem in." Yes. And he says, you're Which putting for Dan. Right? And I said, why? And he says, because it's fair. Something exactly. like that. Exactly. Good for Dan. But he made me actually put per Dan in because I actually reported that I spent $7 for the weekend. Because you were making everybody else look bad. <laughs> we had a couple of us on our staff who were very careful about yeah. your money. I only like to spend your money on card. I didn't like to spend yeah. it on food. I flew the National. The Cokes that I had before the plane, the meal that I had on the plane. You I'm had not, a meal on a plane? I, I didn't know there was such things anymore. I, did you fly first class? No, I did not. Because of my dietary, I have to eat at specific times, specific <laughs> things. But the Beckett magazine that I bought, I did not because that's just I, research. That's, it's entertainment for me. Oh, no, that's education for me. So I did not put that in my expenses. But the food, I will definitely make sure, or any type of snacks or anything like that. Most definitely, I put down. We wrote off the, the sports tickets, and we did get audited on that. And we lost on the audit. I actually won some audits, but this one I lost. The auditor said, I'll be laughed out of the service if I accept this deduction. <laughs> said, you've called it an educational deduction, which means you get 100% of the tickets written off. I said, well, they are learning about the sport. They're customer service people. Everybody's customer service. Everybody's customer service. And they said, no, it's entertainment. I said, they were not enjoying the game. This is when the maps were not very good. <laughs> the range going. I said, they're not That's being entertained. Awesome. And I did all this through Chuck. I scripted it for Chuck. And he said, you serious? They're going to die laughing. <laughs> So that they didn't die laughing. They that's said, why I got pushed back when I bought a good New Jersey Devils ticket hockey one year. <laughs> and I heard about it from your sister. Yeah. Because the hockey tickets aren't cheap. And it they was are like, not cheap. You have to understand, hockey tickets are more expensive than the other sports. This is not like going to a $10 yeah. baseball yeah. game. Also, just for the record, Rich Klein is not going to a hockey game or any other game for education. <laughs> You're going for entertainment because you already know all this stuff. Well, I will tell but you most of the people, it was really helpful one, for them to see the, a real game. One of the things you did, and the first year the Stars moved here, you made it a point to get season tickets. We weren't as hockey conscious. And I learned a lot about hockey, even though I wasn't working on the magazine. It actually was educational. I, I'm going to reopen that audit. <laughs> You're going to be my witness now. I'll be your that witness. I will be your witness there. As I said, I've been audited several times. And half the time, they've given me money, and half the time, I've lost money. So I've done well. But one of the rules, if you ever audited, is get a representative. It's your accountant. Because right now on this podcast, I'm just gleefully and glibly shouting out theories and things. 
And that is a no-no if you're with yes. the IRS because they're recording the conversation. But if you have a representative and you let me, your accountant, my close friend, Chuck, who was great, then he can say, I believe this is the case. I can check on that to verify. He can float the theories. If they go like a lead balloon, he could say, I told him I didn't think that was the reason. Anyway, it's not a game. It's serious business. It is. Audited. It's very serious. But like I said, I'd always have a position, a theory that I would stand with. You're taking a position. You're making an assumption. And the IRS can say, we don't agree with those assumptions. And we don't agree with the way you valued that lot of cards or that this one that you sold is worth more than this other one that you didn't sell and all that. That lot... We just previously spoke about none of that is PC. All of that is intended for sale. Now, if I pull a PC card out, the rules change. But uh, Brad, I hear you. But the Sports Card Insights is that if you know how to play the game, you pull out the PC card and call it valueless. Hence, the rest of the cards have a higher basis, so that you make less money when you sell them. So there's a lot of ways to play the game with the PC. You just say, I just take that for my personal collection. You could if you were not the honest person. But you would say that's not for sale. What if somebody said, hey, I got 99 cards. I'm going to sell them to you for 100 bucks. If you buy them, I'm going to give you this other card for your personal collection. Of course, there's ways around it. You just need to stay within your heart and make sure. Gosh, we sound like a really chameleon. <laughs> Again, you should pay as much tax as you owe and not a penny more. Keep good records because you might get audited. I think if you say you have no records... Have mercy on me. Maybe not the best strategy. And keep meticulous records. But you can't keep meticulous records because there's a cost with that. If I were to keep meticulous records, I would be in the record keeping. But if our card library that we had, if we had logged in every card, we had some shrinkage. How do we know we had shrinkage? Because there's cards that used to be there that aren't there anymore. But if we wrote down everything we had, there would have to be a person that it was just their job. Actually, there might have been a person that just their job was sleeving. If Penny's leaving everything, I don't know. Or sorting. But we had shrinkage because we couldn't do inventory on that. Anything I could have done different, Rich, or it just cost me the business? It was part of the cost. We, you and I had those discussions in the day. It was part of the cost of doing mm-hmm. business. Can't win. Again, the answer is hire good people. And then probably have good systems and cameras are cheap now. Rob Barris, I'm out there just marveling. Oh, my gosh. He's got expensive cards and interesting cards. Yeah, and he's got people in the store. All, all over, over the place. place. He can't. Crawling all over the place. Yeah. Okay, doke. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode.